the Fantasy Lounge. Live from 92nd in Nashville, formerly 33rd in Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. 12 degenerates from Oak Lawn compete to be the champion. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's this man? Find out this week on the Fantasy Lounge with your host, Randy Hansen. And Mike Trotta. As a gym coach, he was a natural. Show me some hustle! Here's this week's edition of the Fantasy Lounge. And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mac on the mic. To my right, I do not see anyone because we are in lockdown quarantine mode in the state of Illinois for due to the coronavirus. But the coronavirus did not stop the NFL from making some headlines on March 16th. And I have to tell you, I'm a little bit shocked at what I just read on Twitter and what people are reacting to about a big trade that went down between the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, when I woke up this morning, not having to go to work, which, you know, was very, you know, I'm torn on it because I like to be at work because, you know, it's good to be productive. But when I read, initially, there were some rumors going on. Are the Texans considering trading DeAndre Hopkins? I thought to myself, no way. Not possible. Inconceivable. Not even Bill O'Brien, who is now acting GM and head coach, would do something that idiotic. Do something that stupid. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And boy, was I wrong. Bill O'Brien pulls the trigger on a DeAndre Hopkins trade to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson. Now... The Texans also get a second rounder at this upcoming draft, and I think a 20, uh, 21 fourth rounder. I have to look. And then the Arizona Cardinals get DeAndre Hopkins and a future first and a future fourth round pick. If you're Bill O'Brien, if you're a Texans fan, how do you still support this guy? I'm not I'm gonna get into Bill O'Brien in a second, but this is an emergency podcast, fantasy lounge. We need to talk fantasy value. And we have to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson, their fantasy values going forward in the year 2020. Again, I'm, I'm struggling to wrap my mind around this, and I'm going to get into Bill O'Brien in about five minutes here. If you are the Houston Texans, I don't understand how you could possibly even entertain the idea of trading DeAndre Hopkins. It should be him and Deshaun Watson for the next six to seven years wreaking havoc on the NFL. That's what it should be. And now, as NFL fans, we are deprived of that. Just let—I mean, let's just look at the the, the star-studded career that is DeAndre Hopkins. Five of the seven years in the league, over a thousand yards receiving. Now, last year was his lowest in targets since 2014. Still had over a hundred. Still had over a hundred with. A little over 111 yards receiving, seven TDs. What I love about DeAndre Hopkins, and you people that have him on your fantasy team know this. When the ball is thrown in his direction, if he can get his hands on it, he's catching the ball. The dude catches everything in sight. Last year, he still had a 69% catch rate. Like I said, you literally have potentially the best wide receiver quarterback combo in the NFL for the next five years. 
You literally have that. Pencil it in. Pencil it in. It should be Watkins to Hop- Hopkins. Watkins, I mean, Watson to Hopkins. Watson to Hopkins. It should just be all day. No more. Now, one thing I love about DeAndre Hopkins' fantasy value, since he's been in the league, he's played in at least 15 games every season. Even considering a down year last year, was still fifth best wide receiver PPR. So as I'm trying to digest this trade, I'm like, you know what? Okay, so it's a terrible trade. It's a terrible trade. Okay, you get David Johnson. What are you getting from David Johnson? I don't know. I don't know. He's only had one season with over 1,000 yards rushing, and that was 2016. The guy can't stay healthy. Last year was benched for Kenyon Drake in an Arizona system that was supposed to be like, was supposed to be his time to shine. He did catch, he did get a lot of targets and catch some balls last year, but still. Last year averaged 3.7 yards per game, or 3.7 yards rushing per game, per attempt. So I was thinking, okay, well, Carl's, Carl's Hyde had a great year last year. So David Johnson put up 3.7. They're, they're letting Carl's Hyde walk, and he averaged 4.4 yards per carry. So I guess what you could say is, theoretically, David Johnson in that Houston Texans system should be able to rush. There should be a little bit more holes in that system. Anybody who's watched the Cardinals last year knew how bad their offensive line was. Okay, I'll give you that. But what I feel what makes David Johnson most valuable is his ability to catch the ball. In 2016, his monster year, he had 80 receptions. That's a monster, guys. It's a monster. Um, but the thing is about this Texans offense, they don't really like to throw the ball to the, the running back. Now, maybe that will change. But combined last year with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, 78 targets combined for them, 54 receptions. Duke Johnson specifically, who is their third down back, who is their pass catching back already, 44 receptions. Last year, that was 15th at the at the running back position. So now what you're telling me, you're bringing in David Johnson. Does that mean Duke Johnson maybe gets phased out a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. But you're putting David Johnson in an offense that I don't know if he's necessarily going to thrive from a fantasy perspective. So you give up. You give up if you're Bill O'Brien. Because he's the general manager. You give up DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, is a year younger than David Johnson, by the way. And, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, usually running backs, when they get 28, 29, 30, uh, that's kind of the tail end of their career. And I don't know about you, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, at least, conservatively speaking, has five five more prime years in his career. That's just me. Watching him, he passes the eye test, all right? Now, I need to go into Bill O'Brien for a second. More than a second. I've been calling for a Bill O'Brien firing for the past two years on this show. Listeners know this. Listeners know this. Let's just break down the resume that is Bill O'Brien. And like, and then I ask you the question. I ask, like, I'm going to ask this question to the listeners. How does Bill O'Brien still have a coaching job in the NFL? Seriously. Seriously. And I want you to explain it to me, if you are a Bill O'Brien fan, explain it to me like I'm a preschooler who still doesn't know his shapes yet. Explain it to me like that. The man's 2-4 and four in the playoffs. He has never had, in his career in Houston, a top 10 offense in terms of yards per game. Never. Since 2014. Never. The past two years, there's no excuse. Never. So he hasn't. he's never had a top 10 Offense yards per game. 
The highest offense that he supported was last year, 2019, 13th best in terms of yards per game as an offense. Has not had a top 10 defense since 2015, yards per game. Has not. So what you're telling me, if you're not in the top 10 in either offense or defense, you are mediocre. He has two playoff wins. One was against the Andy Dalton Bengals. The other, the Buffalo Bills last year, which if you watch that game, he tried to. He tried to give that game to Buffalo. He should have lost that game. Might have been the worst coach game on both sides that I can remember seeing. That's me personally. Now, it, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, uh, he was up 24 to 0 against the future Super Bowl champions and choked the lead. And I'm going to say choked, and I don't just throw that out there. The man choked it. As a head coach, you choked the game. Go back and watch it. And that second quarter alone should be shown to coaches everywhere how not to manage a game. Deciding to go for it on fourth and one, then calling a timeout, kicks the field goal. And then, so you're, you have all the momentum in the world. You are driving in Kansas City territory, trying to put the nail in the coffin. On a fourth and one, you've been getting anything you wanted. Decides to go for it, bangs the timeout, and then kicks a field goal. On the next series, in his own territory, in his own, after a Kansas City touchdown, in his own territory, decides to fake punt, gets stuffed. Bang, Kansas City scores. Now all of a sudden it's 24-14. That alone should have been fired, not to mention the Buffalo Bills. I don't get it. The NFL is the only job that rewards incompetency. I don't understand how people have a job still. I don't understand it. Again, explain it to me like I'm a preschooler who doesn't know his colors. Explain it to me like that. I am still shocked by this trade. I had to get I had to get an emergency pod, but that's not all. That's what's going on. We got to talk about Austin Hooper to the Browns. He's now going to be the highest paid tight end in the league. Why Cleveland? Just why? Already you have problems getting people on offense the ball. Baker Mayfield last year, 59% completion percentage. That's not good enough. You cannot feed Odell. You cannot feed Jarvis. You cannot feed Chubb. You cannot feed Hunt. You cannot feed Njoku with those numbers. You need to be 65, 67, 68%. That's what you need to be if you want to make everybody happy. He did not do that last year. Arguably the Browns and 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 probably the Bears, the most disappointing team in the NFL last year. So you bring in another guy. Now, reports are saying that you know they expect to use a lot of two tight end sets. I'm sure Odell's happy to hear about that. Oh, my God. So now you're going to have Najoku, Hooper, Landry, and then Odell all trying to kill each other for targets. What's interesting about this is that I don't, I don't understand why pay Hooper when last year you had the 22nd rated defense in terms of yards per game. There's other areas in need that you could address. I know that obviously there's still the draft. One thing that I thought was interesting, I don't know Joku only played four games last year, but him and Seals Jones last year combined for 19 receptions. Combined for 19 receptions. Now I don't know 
I do not know if the volume is going to be there for Austin Austin Hooper to make him a legit fantasy option as a top five. Now, last year he was top five. He only played in 13 games. Probably should have been finishing the top three. Um, but that has a lot to do with Matt Ryan. And I know Matt Ryan had a terrible year, but you know the dude is still very accurate. Um, so do I foresee Austin Hooper being a top five tight end in that offense? I do not. So that kind of is a bummer because maybe, for instance, if he goes somewhere like New England, who I thought maybe would have had some interest to kind of dangle a little carrot for Tom Brady because Tom Brady's trying to play this game where he's not coming back, is he or isn't he? We might get to, we might talk about that in a second. But, you know, it's a little disappointing because I think he goes to an offense that cannot support him. You know, I mean, last year in only 13 games, 75 receptions, 787 yards. I mean, that's a monster year on 97 targets. So the dude was just gobbling, gobbling. Six touchdowns, two in 13 games. Um which was good for 191 fantasy points PPR, which is top five. So, uh, you know, do I see him as a top five tight end next year? I do not. So that's kind of a bummer. Now, a couple other things from an offensive perspective. Dak Prescott, franchise tag. Derrick Henry, franchise tag. Hunter Henry, franchise tag. A.J. Green, franchise tag. Out of all those moves, do you know which one I like the most? I kind of like the A.J. Green one the most. And I'm going to tell you why. Sneaky. I'm talking sneaky here. I think that that Bengals offense next year is going to be a lot better. Now, if you watch Joe Burrow at, U, at LSU, I mean, the guy's a stud. And so now all of a sudden, you're bringing back a veteran receiver who went healthy Look, I mean, last year in only nine games, 700 yards. On four, or my bad. In, in 2018, my fault. In only nine games. 600, almost 700 yards in nine games. All right? Now, the man's 31, but I think he could still ball. Now, the question is health. You know, 2016, only 10 games played. But in 2017, he played 16 games. At 29, age 29, with Andy Dalton, 75 receptions, over 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns. At 29, I, I get it. It's a couple years ago. He didn't play last year, so he should be well rested. I'm looking. I'm looking at that depth chart. Look, I, I kind of like that move. You you get you give him a veteran receiver to pair along with guys that had good years last year in in uh, Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate. Now I don't know. I know Auden Tate got messed up at the end of the year, but you bring in guys. You bring in guys like you bring in AJ Green. Keep him around. I think that offense. You still got John Ross there too. I think that offense could be kind of, uh, for a fantasy perspective, can be kind of a goldmine. So I kind of like that move the most if he could stay healthy. Um, the Dak Prescott franchise tag, that just lets me know that they are far apart on negotiations. Dak values his, or Dak believes his value is extremely high. He should get paid probably. He thinks top three quarterback in the league. I don't believe the Cowboys think that. So that lets me know that you got to franchise tag Derrick Henry. Um, the man's a, the man's a workhorse. You're not going to pay him because you're probably hesitant on these other deals that paid running backs, and you're a little nervous about that. And plus, you got to pay Tannehill. So I, you know, I kind of like the AJ Green the most. Um, yeah. So that's going on in the NFL. I mean, it's constantly changing. From what I understand, I think that's up to date. I saw Devontae Freeman got cut by Atlanta, which was. You know, could be an interesting fantasy uh, play wherever he decides to go. 
But wow. First day. Basically, first day after the CBA kind of got cleared up. The first day. And it's been a doozy. It's been a doozy. Now, as I wrap this up, you know, Mikey Max off the next two weeks. Please send me any movie recommendations that you have. We all know I have no intention of picking up a weight or working out. And I might not be able to because I think Illinois is going to close down all the gyms. So send me some movie recs. Send me some TV show recs. I would love that. Also, any type of interesting thoughts on some of these moves. You know, Maybe I'll do another emergency pod at the end of the week here. Maybe I'll get Randy going here. Um, but yeah, we got to keep the we got to keep the listeners informed. Um, yeah, so a hey, good luck. Stay safe out there. You know, get your vitamins in. Watch a lot of good television. Remember, it's never too late to come relax at the lounge. Take care, y'all.